Hello and good day everyone. This is Kevin Finkel here and I am on Magic the Final Frontier. On this podcast we talk all about the Magic Frontier format and keep our listeners up to date with what is new, interesting, and powerful in the world of Frontier. Here we are on part three technically of our War of the Spark spoiler season. One of our favorite times of the year. In our previous episodes we've talked all about all of the Planeswalkers and War of the Spark, and then we went color by color going through what we think are some of the cards that may have impact on the Frontier format. So here I am with my two co-hosts, Ryan Schwenk and Matt Murday, if you want to introduce yourselves. Yo, Ryan again, coming at you from Yokohama. Way to steal my thunder, Fink. That's my name. How dare you? Yeah, I mean, I guess if you don't have anything more interesting than your name, then... I'm taking a lot from you here. You can call me Matt Cy Turkey Murday. Hmm. All right. So we are going to end this one by going through all of the multicolored cards in the set, which uh, there are not a ton. You know, it's not as it's not as heavy as the uh, the previous two sets, but there are some powerful cards. I think that all of these multicolored cards look like they're quite pushed. So interested there, and we're also going to do what we think are the top five now. Since I'm going to be kind of thinking of my top five while we record here, do we want to do a top five including Planeswalkers or excluding Planeswalkers? I do have have Planeswalkers in my top five. Same here. Okay. <clears throat> okay, cool. Then we shall include them. Here we go with part three of War of the Spark. Da, da, da. Um, so it's multicolor. We can't do Wooberg. We can't do any kind of logic whatsoever. So let's just uh, all cast the wind, jump into this with whatever you guys are thinking. You guys can go first. Now let's have, let's have Matt go first since we still stutter. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. All right, right into it. Niv Mizzet reborn. One white, one blue. Reborn. Hello, hello. We got you. We got gotcha. you. There we go. You cut me off, man. Way to steal my thunder again. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about Niv Mizzet reborn. White, blue, black, red, green. Six six. Flying. When niv Reborn enters the battlefield, reveal the top 10 cards of your library. For each color pair, choose a card that's exactly those colors from among them. Put the chosen cards into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. I don't understand this card. Hmm. Yeah, it's a big old pile of nonsense. <laughs> you don't understand this card? It's a big old pile of nonsense is what this is. So like you get like one Celestia card and then like one... Golgari card and is that how it works? Exactly, yes. That's exactly. Yeah, so if you get if you get one of every color pair, you put all ten of them into your hand. Five mana draw ten. It's perfect. It's the best rate on that effect we've ever had. So would this be like a, a new Aetherworks card? No. No. Um huh. you know the only place I'm considering right now, like literally just thinking of this right now, brewing it would be Bring to Light. Yeah, you know, you could bring to light, and then it could find another copy of Bring to Light, and and that that's a worth. Oh, play. that's super interesting. Oh, I love that. <laughs> um, what about uh, other than that? Well, I mean, how about playing this in uh, uh, Chromatic Lantern deck, like a, the monocolor chromatic Chromatic Lantern? I bet you want to do that. You want to play Chromatic Lantern with like all the colors, right? Yeah. Well, this card's awful. I don't know why it's in our list. Yeah, I didn't add it. <laughs> because it's so big and mythic. And it's a splashy card. We had to, we yeah. to talk about the yeah, splashy yeah. ones. We're talking about playable cards. Playable Do you want to talk about another mythic creature we've got here, which is Rowlesque? 
man, this is not that is way too many letters to be like rolls. Uh Apex Hybrid. He's the Simic legend, and for whatever reason, he's a mythic. Well, I guess the rest of them were rares. Uh, so he's two two green and a blue. So five mana. Ugh. Human, which is interesting. He, mutant. Uh, four five flying trample. And when he enters the battlefield, put two plus one plus one counters on another creature you control. When he dies, proliferate, then proliferate again. Mm. So it seems like another big splashy mythic. Um, maybe just too expensive at six five mana. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Like so. Yeah, okay, so just just thinking out loud here, if there were two places I might try this guy out, one would maybe be in if we've got some kind of Vanifar mm-hmm. pod deck, you know. You'll, you'll play him as a 5 mana, and then you'll sacrifice him to get a 6 mana, and that's really what you want. That seems whatever, uh, and then... I mean, if you're playing him, you're definitely playing him so he can die and proliferate twice, right? Like, that's yeah. that's gotta be what he's for. So I don't mind it, actually, in Vanifer. I like him in, in what a... Bant, because, like, if you have that uh, the new Centaur, you know, that mm-hmm. you put a counter on it, or two counters when it comes into play, and then you can add more to that, maybe? I don't know. Now, what about in um, what about in bent humans? <clears throat> you know, he is a human, and you got a lot of creatures with plus one plus one mm. counters on him. Five mana is just way too much, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's probably just true. Okay, okay, sounds cool. Let's move on to some more playable stuff. Hopefully, yeah. Uh, so let's talk about Dreadhorde Butchered. Uh, it's Ooh. one black, one Are red. It's so one one with haste. Whenever Dreadhorde Butcher deals combat damage to a player or planeswalker, put a plus one, plus one counter on Dreadhorde Butcher. When Dreadhorde mm-hmm. Butcher dies, it deals damage equal to its power to any target. Yes. I think red and black... <sighs> All right, so... Yeah, red and black's always been on the cusp. It's always been on the edge of playability, I think, so this could help. I've played a lot of Slith Firewalker in my day, and I love that card, so I'm pretty excited about this card. Although, from what I've heard from people testing Standard, it hasn't played out as well as people would hope. You know, late game, it is a 1-1 with haste, and that's kind of disappointing. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like we already had ways to do, like, the combo for turn three people, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. we had, like, Prowess Dude into, uh, what's the Delve Giant Growth one? I mean, we also have Giant Growth. You know, we didn't mention that. But uh, become immense. Become immense, yeah, yeah. And then like Timur Battle Rage or whatever, and just make yep. eighteen someone. Sorry, language. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I'm not I'm not in for going all in on this card, but I do think that it's got some power, and uh, I'm definitely gonna try it with Claim to Fame because I tried mm-hmm. any two mana red or black spell with Claim to Fame. Oh yeah, that's a good card. I mean, it it, it could definitely be an Aristocrats deck. It could also possibly be an rally deck. I mean, yeah. So if you yeah. if you claim and then fame this, so you're looking at what three power, four if it hits, you can maybe kill it somehow. Yeah, or you know, even if you're, you're swinging with a three power creature, then they can't block because if they do, they still take three. Yeah, yeah, it seems okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's whatever. I guess it already had haste. So that's kind of awkward too. Yeah, but it's a free pump spell. All right. Uh, why don't we move on to some more uh, multicolored cards? My turn. So, can I actually yeah, interrupt for one sec here? Sure. Because we didn't we it. didn't talk about a card. I think in our last one that I think we should have talked about. Now that we're bringing up claim to fame, uh-huh, and I think that, that card is Dreadhorde Ar- Dreadhorde Arcanist. 
Yes, so we did kind of skip, you know, there's kind of a whole cycle of these cards where there are two mana powerful cards that do something when they attack. Yeah, so it's... Um, And we kind of skipped over all of them. Yeah, so it's one colorless, one red for a 1-3 trample. Whenever Dreadhorde Arcanus attacks, you may cast target instant or sorcery card with converted mana cost less than or equal to Dreadhorde Arcanus power from your graveyard without paying its mana cost. Mm -hmm. So free wild Put it in exile. Shock. So, I mean, if you're playing it with something like Claim to Fame, right? So you can go like Claim on it, Fame, Swing, uh, get back a Colligon's Command. Mm. I was thinking more like a, a three mana something, like a skewer. Something like, like that, yeah. Light I mean, the stage, yeah. Okay. I mean, it probably is more of an aggressive card than a Colligon's Command card, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that card's actually okay. Just since we brought up Claim to Fame and Two Drops, I think it's I think it's actually an okay card to talk about. Yeah, I could be excited to try that card out. It's also good with, you know, you can play a um, a Tarkus Command and then it's big enough to get back a Tarkus Command. <laughs> yeah, which is pretty gross. <clears throat> I feel like it has to be uh, almost a more dirtly card if you're really wanting to play it well, which makes it awkward. Because hmm. I think a lot of aggro decks aren't interested in a Two Drop 1-3. Yeah, that's a little strange. Yeah. Okay, we'll uh, we'll see what we can do with that. Back to yeah, our that's a good one to bring up. Back to our multicolor um, so, cards, though. As long as we're talking about cards that are pumping themselves, let's talk about Feather the Redeemed, red and two white for a three four flying. Which let's just talk baseline. Those stats are really really good in Frontier because a three drop that can block a copter is just something huge for me. That can't be bolted is something huge for me. Mm-hmm. I like that. I think that if we're in red and white and we're interested in something like this, even without the other text, a 3-4 flying feels quite good to me. I don't think Um, I'd be playing it just for the body, though. I think I have to have at least some upside. Okay, so yeah, let's talk about the upside. So its ability is whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell that targets a creature you control, exile that card instead of putting it into the graveyard, and if you do, you return it to your hand at the beginning of the next end step. So what would you want to use on on it? That's a very good question. I was going to ask you guys that. So Defiant Strike is the one that, if you're building around it, seems really, really good. You know, that one's just plus one, plus zero, and you draw a card. Yeah, I don't hate it. I also kind of like uh, any of our protection spells, right? So our dive downs, our... Uh, what's it called? The uh, green that grants hexproof. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I can see the green one. I was going to say, if you're in blue, white, red... Three mana is already quite uh, quite difficult to find a slot in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know that it's amazing, but I think, I think it's like you don't want to necessarily build around this. If you build around this, you're being too all in. But I think if you just have something in your deck that incidentally can can get extra value out of this, and it's a three four body, I think that's okay, right? Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Like the Boros spells we got in, uh, I think it was GRN, right? The uh, Integrity and uh, hmm. yes, that one's good. How, so the, the, there's like prepare to fight. I think is pretty cool. How yeah, about, yeah. I mean, I was gonna say, how about the uh, just like a red white artifact deck with uh, the red one mana and the red or the white one mana. The white one gives like plus two plus two and indestructible, I think, and then the red's like plus three mm. plus three and trample. I want to say. So, like, you double that up on, like, a copter or something like that would be kind of sweet. That was indeed a thing. Okay. 
So, just right, so I'm going to move on to a card I really like from this set, although I haven't even started to brew where I could possibly play it. So if you thought 3-4 was weird stats, 2 and a red, or two red and a green, Living Twister is a 2-5 elemental. And it has two abilities. One of them you can pay a 1 and a red to discard a land card and deal 2 damage to any target. Mm-hmm. Or for a green, you can return a tapped land you control to its owner's hand. Yeah. I mean, I played elementals. You know, in the last few seasons, and uh, with scape shift and returning all these lands to your battlefield and to your hand and stuff like that, I think it's definitely a possible include. This doesn't card... die to fatal push, doesn't get burned. <laughs> this card is so floof and weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like. I mean, it's a great blocker early, and it kind of like it'll grind out the game well. Mm-hmm. But like, mm-hmm. it seems like you have to sink a lot of mana into this before it starts to do anything. Mm-hmm. And a lot of I lands. Mean, if you've got a land in your hand, it's just two mana do two to any target, so it turns any land in your hand into a two mana shock. Yeah, and that's fine. But like, mm-hmm. I guess you have to be running like a lot of lands for this. Like, you got to be in the kind of deck that want just. I have all these lands, so I may as well use them for something decent. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So I don't know if we have anything like that, you know? Or you pay six and you return that land from your graveyard to the battlefield and then bounce it and discard it again? Well, I mean, like, if you have uh, Crucible do you... of the Worlds or Remnant Excavator, you just keep bringing them back and sack or discarding it. Maybe, maybe. That seems like a lot of setup to be really cute with your two damage, though. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I, I like it. I think I hope it finds a home. Mm-hmm. Okay, why don't we go back one to Eter- Enter the God Eternal. So this is a card I know you and me have discussed a bit, Matt. So this is two, two blue and a black. It's a sorcery for five mana that can do four damage to any creature. You gain life equal to the damage you dealt. And you put the top four cards of a player's library into their graveyard. And you amass four. That's a whole lot of things. Yeah. So this card's really weird. It's not at all a blue-black card. They they did some stupid things with the uh, the color pie here. Uh, now, it's it's weird. So you can't cast it unless you have a target to cast it on. So they need to have a creature. You gain life, which is nice. You probably get a 4-4, four, four, which is nice. So on the, the one milling, hand... Yeah. <laughs> on the one hand, it's a... It's a Almost five mana siege rhino with a little bit of with like a fair bit of upside on the siege rhino. Okay, yeah, I mean if you can get card advantage <clears throat> out of it, that's a lot better than a siege rhino in a way. On the other hand, you can't cast it versus I would say like half the tier one decks in the format, <laughs> right? Because like ascendancy is going to have no creatures in play. Mm-hmm. Control is sure. going to have no creatures in play for like ninety percent of the game. That's not really half the decks, but yeah, I can see that. I mean, what would you consider tier one right now? Because when I think about tier one, I'm thinking of like uh, dredge, 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 and dredge. I'm thinking um, dredge, Atarka, Ascendancy. Uh, what's the fourth big one that I'm missing? Probably control, Esper control. Control's a big one. I think control's about one point five. So I kind of, I would put, I would, I would it. say that. Um, I feel like Ascendancy is a lot less played than Control is. Mm-hmm. So I think Control's definitely there. So, I mean, I think... Um, I mean, I'll put it this way. I don't think... Mm-hmm. I know traditionally tiers are divided by play rate in Magic, but I think in most yeah. other games, they're divided by 
raw power. So when I talk about tier lists, I tend to think of it as power rather than play rate. And you know, that's kind of an awkward thing for Atarka if we're saying that. If the top tier is Dredge, Esper, and Atarka, then Atarka can't be tier one because Atarka's bad into both of those decks. Like, rather bad. Well, I mean, I think it's also Ascendancy and then, man, whenever I do my... I can't believe I'm drawing a blank on what that fourth one actually is. Hmm. I can't think of anyone that's, like, strongly tier one. I have to look at this right now. Okay. I have to answer the question. So, Enter the God Eternals. Is it got a home anywhere? I don't think so. Yeah, that's kind of... I'm, I'm not not on it yet. It's what, I might not ever be. If we were in, like, a... What's the word for it? Like, a, a mid-range meta, right? Mm-hmm. Excellent. Just a great card. No two ways about it. But we're just we're not, and we haven't been in absolutely forever. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to move on to black white here with cruel celebrant, uh, one white one black for a one two vampire. Whenever cruel celebrant or another creature or planeswalker you control dies, each opponent loses one life. You gain one life. So, bang! This is a card I've been saying for a while. Hey, if we had a second blood artist, rally would be tier one again. Second, you mean a second? Maybe I'm going to second Zulaport. Sorry. Yeah, uh, I, maybe even a better Zulu port. I mean, it's it's harder to cast, but it's a one-two, which is big for frontier, yeah. and and it has that planeswalker trinket text. It's exactly where I would see it being played. Uh, so I'm I'm definitely calling that you're going to eat your words on rally being tier one. However, mm-hmm. I do think this is a worthy include. Like I think I'm pretty happy to see this, and I, I think it slots right into rally, and I think rally is probably better than people give it credit for. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I think that Rally was strong in the last set. Right now where I feel like the most awkward part about Rally is is that it doesn't really have any graveyard synergy other than Rally. So if you don't have exactly that one card, you could be milling 40 cards into your graveyard and it doesn't actually do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I think Rally's kind of always been solidly tier two, and I think this helps it keep up. Yeah, yeah that along with like judith in the last set some interesting stuff i don't like judith and rally i think it's not worth adding Mm -hmm. red i you know it may be no longer worth adding red with this card what i really liked about the versions of rally with judith in it is that your first rally was lethal much much more of the time Mm -hmm. so i don't think in frontier you can realistically do the thing where oh i'm gonna i'm gonna rally for value and draw my way towards my next rally that was what you did in standard and in frontier you're just not going to get to that point in the game a second time so the fact that your turn five rally is going to be lethal 80 percent of the time 90 percent of the time that's huge for rally and i think cruel celebrant does that i think judith helped do that so one of the things i've actually been playing with when i play rally is the explorer package Hmm. and i think the explorer package actually solves a lot of those problems um Sorry. Number one, because the Explore package um, does a pretty decent fair game. Um, it solves a lot of the life problems that Rally has had in the past, where like just a target mm-hmm. would just go under it, right? So yeah. um, the Wild Growth Walker really helps it keep up in the life fight, and it also like it makes it a lot harder for certain uh, for decks to like go under Rally, right? Mm-hmm. And then the really extra nice part about the Explore package is as they all come back with your rally, you basically just 
skim cards off the top of your deck until you find your uh, your next rally, and then you just leave it on top. And then yeah. you just immediately do another combo and kill them, right? Because you'll, you'll have gained, like, 30 life from your rally combo, so, like, you're not dying the next turn. You're, you've put the game out of reach for most decks. Mm-hmm. And then you just... In theory, in theory, that works. I don't mind the fact that either this card or judith both both helped make the first rally lethal and i feel like that's a big turning point for the deck yeah i think what rally needed was just that redundancy you know mm-hmm. they needed that secondary card so if the first one is gone they still have a way to win and i think crusader I mean, really yeah. helps like i said there's still some big problems i think the fact that they can you know if you draw a bunch of Seder wayfinders and a bunch of stitcher supplier and that really doesn't actually do anything if you don't see rally mm-hmm uh, so I think that's a big problem for them, and I also think that Nantuko Husk is not a good card, and that that's always a big drawback for them. Mm-hmm. So maybe Aristocrats is the way to go. We'll see. Yeah, so yeah, well, that's also worth discussing. And uh, maybe I'll jump forward here, because we did get another sort of Aristocrat in this set, which is Mayhem Devil. So one, a black, and a red for a 3-3 Devil, and whenever a player sacrifices a permanent, it deals one damage to any target. So I like that both this and Judith can take out opposing creatures. You know, that's interaction that a aristocrat-style deck needed. But this is your opponent's, too. So when your opponent fetches, you deal one it's, damage. Exactly, yeah. So they got to take two to fetch, which yeah, it's is awesome. not bad. <laughs> um, that means your fetches get better, which, you know, if we're playing a rally-type deck, that always was a, a heavy fetch deck already. Isn't there that Ascend um, card from, I want to say, maybe the Rivals of Ixalan or Ixalan? The black two mana instant, and like if you have a send, you, your opponent has to sacrifice half of their. I want to say half of their creatures. Like hmm. that card's awful. Or, Don't is that awful? It doesn't yeah. seem. Yeah, I mean, how many creatures would they have? Well, which that one doesn't... is there? Something? That, oh, oh no no no! The tragic arrogance. Oh, that's interesting. The five mana they have to sacrifice all but one of everything, or the gear hulk would be another good one, I think. I suppose that that's interesting in Mardu. Um, you know, the other card that maybe could be exciting with this is we talked about um, Bantu. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you sacrifice five lands after playing Bantu, that's five damage. Maybe yes. more if you have two of these. Love it. I don't know. Like I, like I said, I'm not in love with Red Rally, and I'm even less in love with Go Long Fair Game Rally in Frontier. So, mm-hmm. Or not Rally, Aristocrats, I should say. Aristocrats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if you're on... Well, I'll ship you where I was trying, because I had, like, this guy, and I had um, Hidden Stockpile, and I had Dreadhorde Invasion. Ooh. Stockpile spicy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's go back to where we were on our list here. Um, I skipped over Oath of Kaya while we were talking about black-white. So this is another Oath. I always love to see those. Three mana, one a white to black for legendary enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, does three to any target, and you gain three life. So... Three mana for a sorcery speed um, lightning helix. Mm-hmm. And whenever an opponent attacks a planeswalker you control with one or more creatures, you <coughs> deal two damage to that player and you gain two life. I like it. I think, I mean, I don't know. Like, if the aggro decks are just going to be attacking you instead of your walkers, though, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, if you're not at all behind, like, if you're not really far behind, they can't just ignore a Gideon or ignore a Soren, especially, or ignore yeah. another Gideon, you know, any of the Gideons, really. Or and Liliana. And they have to attack it, which then gives you more. Yeah, or Liliana. So then 
they have to attack it, which gives you more life. So once you're out of that hole, you know, if they kill your planeswalker, mm-hmm. you're already in a pretty good spot. Yeah. You're getting And five. at the same time, you know, it's removal. Three mana removal is not perfect against aggro, but it's three mana removal that also gains you life. Mm-hmm. I think this has probably a spot against aggro. I wouldn't want to play it without planeswalkers, though. Yeah, I think it's a it's a fine sideboard card. And black-white control or black-white midrange has been looking for something like this, so this would be really helpful. Certainly. Yeah, and I wonder if uh, I wonder if this is playable with any of the life gain cards. So, you know, if you have something like Johnny's Pride Mate, mm-hmm. then you get it on every trigger, or... Yeah, mm-hmm. we're, we're taking a look into it. Yeah. We're getting in the jank zone here, guys. Oh, that's where I live. Ah... <laughs> uh, the, there is what one more Orzhov card. Uh, the Spark. Sorry, the Spark. The Spark. I almost said it like Sparks? like French or something. The Spark. But yeah, the Spark. Um, exile. It's white and black instant, and exile target permanent with converted cost of four or greater. So I think this is a great catch-all, great sideboard card. Like if you're going to be playing something like a stubborn denial card in, in your blue decks, I think the Spark would be a great fit in your sideboard to get rid of those cards. What do you guys think? I don't mind this card, actually. I think it's pretty decent. It's very catch-all. Um, two mana is pretty sweet. Uh, <clears throat> converted mana cost four greater is a big ask, though, so it's not like you, it could ever be like your core removal suite. You know, like No. I feel like I don't mind it in a deck like as a one-of where I have ways to filter, right? So if mm-hmm. I have like Collective Brutality, right, and I see that I'm up against a Tarka, Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is a dead card, right? But if I have Collective Brutality now, I, I can pitch it and just use it to do something relevant, right? Mm-hmm. And then when I need this, and I don't otherwise, say, have Artifact Removal or Enchantment Removal, or I just I need to get rid of a Gear Hulk, or mm-hmm. a, better yet, a Scarab God, right? This is, mm-hmm. this is great into threats like Scarab God, which yep. a lot of lists have really had trouble dealing with efficiently in the past. So I, I do think it's a great addition to the format. and Yeah, I think I, I'm in kind of the same place with Dispark. I think that the kind of decks that want it really needed it. So something like a black-white zombies deck or a black-white vampires deck, mm-hmm. you know, you're probably only running Fatal Push as your main deck removal. So you go into a sideboard against something like Control, are you really going to want to put in a Vraska's Contempt in your, you know, your aggro deck no. that's playing one drops and two drops only? You don't really want that, but if you can play this, I'm perfectly happy to trade this with pretty much any. You know, it'll kill their their Kalidus, it'll kill their Teferi, mm-hmm. it'll kill anything that they're going to have that can try and stop you. So I think this is a really, really impactful card. Probably one that I should maybe even include on my list. I don't know if I'm going to, but it's a sweet card. Mm-hmm. I think this this should have been a mono white spell. This would have <laughs> been perfect as a mono white spell. But it's like so much better than like anguish and making your utter end. I think. Yeah, Absolutely. it's quite a bit better than those. Absolutely. But uh, make no mistake, like this is a dead card in a lot of matchups, too. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's keep talking. Do you want to keep talking <clears throat> spells, or do you want to move on to some creatures? Let's let's back up here to Solar Blaze. Okay. So Solar sure. Blaze is two colorless, one red, one white, total mana cost four. It's a sorcery, and each creature deals damage to itself equal to its power. Mm-hmm. So what situation would you want to play this? When would you want to play this over like a Fumigate or something else like that? So where I Never. like, I really see this 
and I like it is kind of in like a lopsided deck, right? So where I can like populate my board and create like kind of lopsided board wipes. So if I'm if I have like Sylvan Advocates and like mm-hmm. Ripjaw Raptors and and that kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. I know it's janky, and I I don't think this is an amazing card, right? Like it kind of sucks because <laughs> in, I feel like it really sucks in standard, you know, like, right? Sorry, go ahead, Fink. I'm just, you know, I'm thinking about their Soulscar Mage and their Smuggler's Copter. Yeah, yeah, it's so bad. I'm not feeling it. (laughs) That's kind of where I was going with it, right? So in Standard, it's actually really good into a wide selection of decks, right? So Mm -hmm. like a a Jeskai control list could just play this and feel pretty good about the fact that it's going to hit like a significant chunk of the format. But in, in Frontier, there's so many toughness greater than offense creatures right it's so like yeah basically all it misses all of atarka which is yeah a terrible place to be with a sweeper that's a terrible place to be yeah yeah so let's move on <laughs> hmm. uh i'm gonna go with soul diviner as the next one so this is a blue black zombie wizard for two three it's a two three and you can tap remove a counter from an artifact creature land or planeswalker you control to draw a card would you put this, this in a zombie card deck to... I mean, is it a zombie deck that has counters? Because then probably not. But this card's really exciting. It's one of those that's hard to evaluate because I don't think of any place where it goes. I think this card's absolutely awful. Like, unplayable. <laughs> it's a 2-3 for 2. Like, the, the baseline there can't be that terrible. I just mean, I don't think 2-3 two, for 2 with no evasion is is particularly good in Frontier. Mm. You know? Like, mm. it's... Uh... <clears throat> It's not better than fine, and the card needs to be better than fine to see play. And then it asks you to jump through a bunch of hoops like, to, to get the advantage. So, like, I don't know. Like, I'm not, I'm not impressed with it. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I hope I'm wrong, right? But it just we don't have time to do that kind of dirtling with the kind of setup this card wants. Okay. Uh, how about another two mana, two, three, then? Watley's Raptor is green-white for 2-3 Vigilance. It's a dinosaur, and when it enters the battlefield, proliferate. Now, this is more of the value uh, Coco card that I think you want to be playing with, like, mm. with like uh, I don't know, Tireless Tracker or Thalia's Lieutenant. You know, even though it's not a human. Yeah, that seems tough for me. Yeah, it's, I'm it's, not on board with the, with the value Coco or, card for this, but or I, I do think... Green white, green white tokens with uh, Nissa, Voice of Zendikar, maybe. I, I, that I could try. I, I like him with Planeswalkers. I think more like Proliferate giving a loyalty counter is a lot better than Proliferate giving a plus one plus one counter. Yeah. I'd say in most cases. Absolutely, and I think this card is actually really good. Um, and I think mm-hmm. part of the reason for that is, so I guess let's go back to uh, Soul Diviner, Spark Diviner, whatever it was called, Diviner. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's a diviner, but okay. that's okay. You don't divine <laughs> things, you divine things. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. So, one of the main reasons that a 2-3 body is good is like a critical mass of good bodies, right? Like, it's like, it's a mm-hmm. threat, it's going to come down, and it's going to kind of contribute to your threatening board presence. Blue-black doesn't really do that very well. Sure. Whereas, white-green does, right? So, like, having this two mana two three body i think is much more relevant in a color like white green so i think i think for that reason we have to evaluate it much better in in a color that can support that kind of aggression better and also 
and just a straight ETB proliferate, I think there is room for abuse. Proliferate is a really strong mechanic. Yeah, I'd say the best thing about this is that I have no problem playing this as a two-drop with no proliferate, which a lot of other proliferate cards, you have to have a setup, and I don't think this one does. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And Vigilance is, is a decent keyword as well, especially with mm-hmm. a Tarka Red in the format. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very happy to, uh, to play this card, I think. Mm. Okay, so let's move on to Dovin's Veto. Okay, there's an important one. <clears throat> yeah, so one white, one blue. Instant speed. This spell can't be countered. Counter target non-creature spell. So it's super negate. This card is absolutely excellent. <laughs> yes, definitely. Uh, so I think I think this card is uh, going to change the shape of the format almost on its own, to be honest with you. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that because no one plays Ascendancy, but this card hoses Ascendancy <laughs> super hard. Yes. But I think I think Ascendancy is the kind of deck that people should be playing. I I personally believe before War it was the best deck in the format. Hmm. Now I don't think it's even in tier one with Dovin's Veto. That's how strong Dovin's Veto is against that kind of deck. Yeah, you know, it took some hate recently. I think that uh, Cindervines showed up in a lot of sideboards of decks that would normally be a close matchup. You know, I even threw I had Cindervines in my Dredge deck in the sideboard. Yikes. Because <laughs> I'm dirty. Yeah, so I think either way, I think this card's really good. I think it's uh, probably better when your when your enemy has like a small number of uh, win conditions that happen to get hit by the gate, right? So like you're talking to fairy, you're talking ascendancy. Yeah. Um, so like things when they go to defend their dig through time or their their big play, they can't, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely better against control than it is in control, but I think that it's a great card, and I think that a lot of the decks that are currently running Negate are blue-white decks, and they're going to just immediately switch these over. So as far as total number of cards that will be played, this is probably one of the highest ones, I think, in the set. It's going to make spirits miserable to play against. You know, they already got oh. Queller, they're going to have Veto now. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah. yeah, this card is at its best, I think, in proactive strategies. Exactly. So next, who wants to uh, talk about the next one? Hmm. Next one. Go ahead, Ryan. Uh. Yeah, I think I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, the Tolnir, whatever. I think it just got deleted. Uh, what's the name? The three three legends that fits the wolf or six mana or six mana. Oh, <laughs> all right. We'll talk quick here. We six, don't have much to say. Six mana dies to lightning strike. It's, all right. It's five mana. Five Doesn't mana. Matter. The same difference. Comes into play. So yeah, it's a uh, two green green white, and uh, when it comes into play, you get a three three legendary uh, white. Sorry, white and green wolf. Sorry, white green and white wolf creature token. And you also gain three life when you play it. So it can fight or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and not, have not that a can fight. The, when a wolf it, enters your battlefield, you can uh, gain three life, and you can fight up to one target creature and opponent control. So this is kind of like a Thrag Tusk to me. Thrag Tusk was five mana. You get a, a secondary body right away. 
you get the, the life gain, and plus you get a fight effect. I, I, I like how, you know, it gives you all these different options. That 3-3, three, three, you know, wolf can definitely fight uh, another person's, you know, like a Tarka red card. Hmm. Like if it's, it's if you is... needed another stabilizing card like in Abzan, if you're playing like, you know, four, four, uh, you know, Siege Rhino and then like two of these, I mean, that would be fine. Or if you want to do like a green, white, blink type deck, you know, and you needed something to to stabilize you, I think Toll Smear's a decent card. This card is okay. unbelievable garbage. So, anyway, I can't believe we're talking about it. You guys are up next. Uh, I'll, I'll grab another one because I haven't done one in a minute here. So I'm going to go ahead and talk about Angrath's Rampage. So this is a black-red spell. Sorcery choose one, target player sacrifices an artifact, target player sacrifices a creature, or target player sacrifices a planeswalker. So as far as edicts go, I quite like this one. I mean, it is black-red, so that is a little bit limiting on what it can hit but it's quite strong in what it can target. So the fact that this is a two-mana kill a Planeswalker, if that's the only Planeswalker they have, that's quite powerful, especially in the colors that it's already in. Um, and then it can you know, it can hit their copter through their other creatures, which other Edicts have a lot of trouble doing, usually. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, you know, the baseline is you kill a, a creature for two mana, and that, that's mm-hmm. never exactly bad. I actually like this one a lot better even than Liliana's Triumph in, in this format. Mm-hmm. And the primary reason, again, is just being able to hit Copter mm-hmm. um, reliably. Yes. So, like, versus Lily, with Liliana's Triumph, I feel like a lot of the time you're going to be like, you're just going to hit their Swift Spear or something. And I don't mm-hmm. mind hitting the Swift Spear, but it's like a lot of the time that's not what you need to hit. Mm-hmm. So, like, a lot of the time you just you need to be able to hit the Copter, right? Mm-hmm. And having the upside of just this is this is the best Planeswalker or the most efficient, cost efficient. Planeswalker removal in the format. And we got a mono black one for one, but yeah, that's not great. Yeah, that one doesn't count. It's not... Because you have to sacrifice a creature to do it. Or, oh, there's one that removes five counters from somebody. Oh, D-Spark. Not D-Spark. Yeah, you're right, actually. I forgot about that one. Yeah, yeah uh, I had that on the betrayal. list, and you guys didn't want to talk about it, but okay. Yeah, we, we, were, we were pretty tight on time in that one. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. But I think that as far as cards that are easily main deckable, like reasonably main deckable, I think Angrath's Rampage goes the furthest in that. Would you guys play yeah, this main deck over a card like um, Bedevil? Yes, I think that this could definitely replace some Bedevils. Um, I don't think it replaces Kolagon's Command. Mm-hmm. But I, I'd see it more in the range of where Bedevil hits. It supplements, it supplements the Kolagon's Command. Yes, definitely. Um, what about, because Kolagon's Command still had what, card advantage in it. What about replacing... Uh, a braid. Hmm. Probably, but not completely. Okay. Yeah, it depends what I'm, why I'm playing a braid. Because usually I'm not playing a braid in a list that has a a black red list. I'm probably not playing a braid because I've got fatal push and I'm going up to Colgan's command on three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's um, let's talk about widespread. More... Yeah. Sorry? Okay. Widespread no, brutality, I think, is a pretty cool one. So it's four mana, one colorless, one black, two red. Amass two, then the army you amassed deals damage equal to its power to each non-army creature. Mm. So that's kind of like a board wipe, mm. semi-board wipe of yeah. sorts. Yeah. Now, is this is this is weird? I mean, if you don't have any other army creatures, is this good enough to be a you know it's a, it's your classic three mana deal two to each creature, and then you get a two two out of it? I don't think this is good enough on its own. 
Okay. But I do think if you, I do think there's like a reasonable case in Frontier for running like for uh, Dreadhorde invasion, mm-hmm. and then like capitalizing on this, having a, just having a few little pieces of a mass, like just the better, the better individual mass cards. Yeah. And kind of contributing towards this greater whole, right? Um, I think a lot of the time, um, this is fine when you cast it for for, and you just get the two two body out of it. Mm-hmm. But I think you want to have the option to go higher than that. I mean, if you're playing some kind of zombie lord, it does do a little bit more damage, though. But do you want to? You don't. You don't want to be killing your zombie lords with it. So. No, not really. Okay, so let's go on. I was going to talk about one more removal spell while we we're kind of on the topic of Tyrant Scorn. This is a blue and a black instant. Choose one, destroy target creature with converted mana cost three or less, or return target creature to its owner's hand. So this isn't quite modern. You know, there are some things that this will miss by not being able to hit four, five, six <clears throat> mana spells, especially because you're probably playing this alongside Fatal Push. But the things that you're going to miss, the biggest one I can think of is Kermag Angler, and I think like you're happy to bounce that to a hand. Mm-hmm. So I, I could see a world where this sees you know a one to two of play in a blue black X control list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is actually pretty good. I think this is better than uh, it looks at first glance because I think there's very few cards, like very few creatures in Frontier that are higher than three mana cost. Yeah, you mentioned the Angler. We get the occasional Siege Rhino, but like 90% of the time, we're looking at mana cost three or lower. Um, Mm. And I think one of the kind of cool features of this is um, you can do cute things with the return target creature to its owner's hand, right? So like if you scoop that Gear Hulk back up, you can can like chain Dig Through Times, you can get another Vraskas out of it, um, save your dudes from removal. It's just nice and flexible. So yeah, I'm, I'm seeing it in the one or two of space. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's perfectly fine to play that with that flexibility, and of course, just being another two mana removal mm-hmm. spell that's happy to kill a copter, happy to kill a, a swift spear, anything like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think I think this is a lot better than it looks at first glance. All right, so we are getting close on our time here. We still have to do our top five. Do you want maybe one more card? Yeah, we I want to talk. You... I want to talk about Rel's outburst. Okay, you both get one more, and that's it. All right, okay. so Rel's outburst. Uh, if you want to read it, that's all right. Four mana. Two colorless, mm-hmm. one blue, one red. It's an instant. Ral's Outburst deals three mm-hmm. damage to any target. Look at the top two cards of your library. Put one of them into your hand and the other into your graveyard. Mm-hmm. What do you guys so think? a mill card. No. Uh, so you and I, I think, have both tested with this card. I think it's very specific in the deck that wants it, but it will be a pretty big role player there. I actually agree. I think it's, it's really, really um, narrow. But I, I do think where it's good, it's very good. Yeah, but I'm not just going to just drop this into a Grixis control deck. I would want this in something pretty specific, like a Kefnet deck or a Ralzarek deck. Yeah, yeah. So for those who don't know, I've been playing uh, a Jeskai Ral combo deck. Um, and this has been really good in it because um, sometimes you just cantrip and kill a creature. That's fine. Mm-hmm. We're, we're pretty happy with that. Other times, as the game goes longer versus something like Control... You need ways to actually pressure their life total to get a response out of them, right? Because you're you want to play at instant speed and force them to tap out. And basically, yeah. with Ral on the board, you're dealing four damage to face, and you're you're just cantripping, right? Like, or if you're minusing Ral, it's eight damage to face and draw two. Yeah, and draw the best two in your top four in all likelihood. Yeah. So, like, I think there's a wise man once said, "Never <laughs> underestimate." cantripping burn 
Come on, we don't have time for wise men here. Uh, what is your last one here, Ryan? Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about Neoform. I really liked the whole toolbox uh, archetype. I think it's getting a lot better. We had Vanifar, you know, from the, the previous set. So Neoform, uh, one green, one blue, as an additional cost to this spell, sacrifice a creature, and then search your library for a creature card with converted mana cost equal to one plus the sacrifice creature's converted mana cost, and then put that card into the battlefield with an additional plus one, plus one counter on it, and then shuffle your library. So this is kind of like Birthing Pot, sort of. Yeah. Which is cool. You know, uh, it's not as easy to cast because it's Simic, but uh, I think there's a lot of cool stuff that you can do with this. And it doesn't have to be a mainly Simic deck either. You could definitely play, you know, uh, a Siege Rhino or, Hmm. you know, four or five color, you know, Birthing Pot if you wanted to. When I'm thinking about a Siege Rhino, my problem with this is that it is card disadvantage, so I would want to be doing something a little bit more unfair with it. Like, if I'm just getting a Siege Rhino, I'm sacrificing two cards to get that Siege Rhino, and that doesn't feel like a good enough trade for me. Yeah, I mean, I think people underestimate... uh, People see this effect, and they go right to Birthing Pod, right? Mm -hmm. Where a big part of Birthing Pod was that it was repeatable. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, the Undying... yeah, you get this just value, like chain value into more value, into more value, mm-hmm. into more value. So this is not that good. You don't think but, so? Oh, I should sorry, not like, not in the way that, that birthing pot It's not was. as good as that. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, I think, I think we're getting a, we have gotten a whole lot of cards that care about this kind of effect, though. Um, and at some point, we're going to hit a critical mass and there's going to be a tipping point, right? Yeah. So like... Um, with something like Vanifer, this, uh, I know there were others that kind of felt in the same vein, maybe uh, Vivian's Arcbow. Um, like just the, the toolbox decks have gotten a lot of ways to be toolbox decks recently. Eldritch Evolution was the other one. I don't yeah. love that one. I think I think two mana is a lot better at this effect than three mana. Yeah. So... Hmm. My feeling is we're eventually this. This is eventually it's getting close. Going to find a way into the format. My gut tells me we're not there yet. Okay, Kevin, your last one. All right, I've already I already did my last one. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to move us to our top five lists, and I'm just going to lay down some ground rules. So we're going to talk about our top five. If you guys have any special mentions let's do them first i'm limiting you to maximum of three and we are not discussing our our special mentions you can just kind of say the card name okay deal so my honorable mention dreadhorde invasion oh okay uh i had d spark as one of my honorable mentions and i'm also including ralzarek as one of my honorable mentions i think i think d spark is fair Mm -hmm. yeah like we kind of talked about it earlier and with ralzarek you know i said i wouldn't talk about it but it's going to be an important player, but just in one deck, I don't think it's going to see it anywhere near enough mass play to be more mentioned than that. Yeah, I also so have Spark. I actually have Nickel Bolas as well in okay. my in my honorable mentions. I can see that similar being very strong in only a single deck. And just like I don't know how much room for five sorcery speed five drops we have. Mm-hmm. So let's get to the top five. Okay. Yeah. No honorable mentions from you, Ryan. No, I mean, I just had D-Spark. That's, I mean, I had oh, some yeah, other yeah. stuff that was... I mean, kind of like Massacre Girl, but you guys are like, hmm. it's not good, but I think it's yeah, cool. I mean, she, it could she's be a cool. possible... Could be a possible one-sided, uh, how can I say, board wipe. Okay. You just keep killing their creatures, so... 
All right, so Sorry. I guess I'll do my number five, which is going to be Cruel Celebrant. So, you know, I already kind of bought in that I'm saying this card's going to be big, so I guess I'll, I'll double down on that, putting it on my top five. <clears throat> That's the uh, the new Blood Artist effect. That's really interesting, because I'm already seeing that our top fives are going to be really different, and I mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting that, especially me and Fink are usually pretty close. <laughs> I feel like um, maybe our top three at least will be close, but yeah. So anyway... Um, my my five slot is a tie between Angrath's Rampage and Liliana's Triumph. Okay, I think I think Angrath's Rampage is a little bit better. That seems totally fair. We did discuss why both of those was good, and I feel like the fact that there's both of them, I left the one of them off because I was like, ah, but it you know fills space with there's, the other one. They're so similar, right? Like you yeah. can't have both in different slots. Mm-hmm. All right, how about you, Ryan? I like Ugin. I'm always looking to try to break those artifact type decks, and we had a lot. We have lots of Eldrazi, so any of those Eldrazi spells, even if you know they're you know green or whatever, you know like Roadbreaker, instead mm-hmm. of casting it for what eight mana, you cast it for six mana well, he's now. Seven, but yeah, he or seven, five. but yeah, five. Yeah, so I, I kind of like Ugin. He's pure card advantage because you exile, you get a two-two, you block, it dies, it comes to your hand. Hmm. I like so it a I mean, lot. It can play anything. To me, it's like if I'm casting a six drop, it's gonna win the game, and Ugin probably Ugin. does that. But it's kind of like it's interchangeable, right? Like, yeah, your six drop wins the game no matter what it is. Yeah, yeah. All right, so for number four, I had Dreadhorde Invasion. You had already mentioned this map, but I'm a little bit higher on it just because I like the idea of playing it in something like Scales. And I think that there's some cool token or aristocrat strategies that'll be happy to play it. And I think it's gonna get just as far as total number of cards quite a bit of play yeah i love that card i really i really hope it it, it's better than i think it is so ryan what's your number four uh i have ashiak dream render i really like this as a sideboard card i think it's gonna have a huge impact it's gonna it it can stop dredge with its minus one and then they it says spells and abilities your opponents yeah and then spells and abilities your opponents control can't cause their controller to search their library so like you know, any of the chord effects or any of those other effects where they're looking for cards, you know. I guess it doesn't stop fetches, but still, the minus one, I think, is really strong. So my number four is Blast Zone. Okay. I think the card's really good. I think it's a strong pull into dual-color control. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just expected to see a lot of play. So I'm actually going to, I, I held off from commenting on Ryan's because my number three is also Ashiok Dream Render. I feel like I undersold this card in our Planeswalker episode, so I kind of want to make up for that right now. I think that as far as total number of copies that will be played, this is going to be the most played new card in Frontier. I feel like every mid-ranger control blue bla- blue or black deck is going to want some copies of this in the sideboard, and I can see reasonable card reasonable ways where this could make main decks. So this card is is seriously good, and I think that I had uh, undersold it in the last one. I think it should have probably made my honorable mentions, mm. but it didn't. I forgot about it because it's number one on your list. <laughs> no, I, I I think I think you guys might be overselling it a little bit as a sideboard card. I, th- I but, feel like uh, I am going a lot on how much it's going to be played, but I do feel like this will see some of the most copies of any card from more. Yeah, I, I, I try not to go on how much it'll be played and more on what I feel is raw power. Okay. But it, it's definitely an... Im- if this was a top five highest impact, mm-hmm. I, I feel like it might make the list just because Dredge is, is pretty strong. It's so good. <laughs> All right, what do you have for uh, number three, Ryan? 
have uh, Nicobolas, Dragon God. I think okay. this has so much potential. I mean, in Grixis alone, with like the types of Planeswalkers you're going to be playing and, and getting, he gets all of their abilities. I don't know if you, you follow Saffron Olive, but he mm-hmm. is already kind of broken it with uh, the Jace from Ixalan making oh, yeah. copies yeah, of yeah. himself and stuff like that. I think there's a lot of potential for him. Really strong plus one effect, you know, draw a card and then they have to exile a card or from the hand or point under or permanent. Yeah, minus three is, is pretty good. So yeah, I like it. I think there's definitely a build around with him. Mm-hmm. Broken it. You can't see the air quotes, but they're there. <laughs> um, I guess it's you on number three. So my number three is Ral Storm Conduit. Mm. Yeah, I can understand um, why. Yeah, I, I talked last episode, and I think <laughs> I, I just I think he's gonna spawn a new tier one deck straight up. Mm. Um, I think he's he's gonna have. I shouldn't say he's gonna. I, the meta is really slow to change, and it doesn't necessarily uh, streamline to the most competitive it should because it's small. Um, but I, I think in a raw power, um, maximally competitive meta game, Ral is a mover and, and shaker. He 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 fit perfectly into blue red thermal alchemist. That's uh, that's not why. <laughs> if that were so a deck, he combo. would definitely fit in. It's for the Ral combo, right? Okay. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to go with number two. Should be pretty obvious at this point. Dovin's Veto. I'm um, sorry. Um, I don't don't know if I caught your number three. My number three was the uh, oh, Ashok. Ashok yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 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 Dovin's Veto. Eh? Mm-hmm. Should be pretty uncontroversial there. What do you got? I actually. Okay, so my number two is actually Gideon Blackblade. Ah, okay. Mm. Which I have to imagine now must be your number one that I've just ruined. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. uh, so Gideon Blackblade is incredible. He is going to uh, turn a lot of Atarka matchups on their head, I think. Yes, which I'm hoping for. So that, that's yeah. almost a theme of my top three is that, you know, I have an anti-dredge card, I have an anti-Atarka card, and I have an anti-ascendancy card or an anti-control card. And I feel like that's a big thing is that if I want to be tossing up the meta, these are the cards that are going to do it. Yeah, and I think I think the nice part about Gideon Blackblade is that I don't think he murders Atarka Cold. No, I don't think so. I, I do feel like Dovin's Veto murders Ascendancy Cold, hmm. um, but I'm I'm more at least in its current uh, form. I think it might survive if it changes to a more backup plan deck, um, but I'm not sure. So he can target himself basically with that plus one on the second turn. No, right? he cannot. It's it's no? up to one other target. Oh, other creature. okay, yeah. It is still excellent though because it's lifelink on a on a three mana dude, and it's a, just a crazy body for a three mana. Yeah. So what yeah, do you very, have very as your number two, Ryan? Uh, mine was Blast Zone. I like Blast Zone a lot. Oh, okay, I think cool. it can slide into a lot of different kinds of decks, especially the slower mid range control decks that kind of needed more kind of uh, how can I say. Uh, board wipe type effects so yeah it's my number two yeah i feel bad for not finding the home for that yet so i haven't put it in mind uh and then your number one ryan my number one yeah uh i i like vivian's art but i'm a i'm a timmy so okay I'm, I'm, i want to break this i think there's a lot of potential with Vivian's so no art, gideon but... in your top five nah i didn't really i didn't like gideon that's, as much as like the madness. other gideons all right, what do, you have as your, what do you have as your number one, uh, Matt? Uh, Dovin's Veto. 
Oh, okay, that's fair. Yeah, totally. Fair. Yeah, I think it's. I think Dovin's veto is going to absolutely dethrone ascendancy straight up, and it's just it's really strong into control. So I think between Gideon Blackblade and Dovin, Dovin's veto, we're going to see a resurgence of uh, blue white uh, aggressive decks. I'd hope so. That would be very cool. Yeah. So I, I think I think between the top three, like we're looking for the top three cards here are going to like completely shake up the map. Like everything is everything is different now. Forget what you knew about Frontier. <laughs> All right, so as always, these episodes have left me wanting to go and brew some more of the Spark Frontier deck. So that's probably what I'm going to be doing this evening. But, you know, we've been recording for a couple hours here. It's been a great night, and I've got to call it quits. So yeah, thank you guys so much. For everyone listening out there, we'd love to hear what you are brewing with in War of the Spark. Reach out to us. We're at MTG Frontier. Uh, we're at MTG Frontier on Twitter. MTG Frontier.net is our website, and you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Matt? Yep. Anything you want to say? I got nothing. I said everything. I said all the important stuff. All okay. of the most important words. Yeah, magic cards, some cool things, War of the Spark. Wizards of the Coast. Dovin's hmm. Veto. Ral Combo. I mean, maybe, uh, I think maybe Ryan can tell us about the sweet War of the Spark Japanese Planeswalker alt art cards. But Yeah, maybe next time. There's not enough time to talk about it. Tonight, no, so. certainly not right now. Um, but yeah, if you guys want to contact me, uh, you can uh, find me on Twitter at Yoshwenki. And if you guys don't mind, I also started a podcast called Code of the Cardboard Samurai. It's uh, talking about MTG in Japan from a foreigner's perspective. All MTG Japan things. So give it a listen if you have a chance. All right. So that's it for tonight. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. And we are Magic the Final Frontier. We look forward to being your go-to source for frontier information online. And we are now signing up.